March is here, and it would be madness to miss the awesome, cozy winter weekend special at the Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach. Enjoy a two-night stay, room service dessert, and more. Experience the serenity of the winter ocean from the warmth of your oceanfront suite. You don't have to go far away to get away from it all. Visit BoardwalkPlaza.com and book your winter getaway today. And let's not forget amazing dining at Victoria's Restaurant. Open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, all year long. Reservations are not necessary, but always welcome. Call 800-33-BEACH or reserve at opentable.com. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. If you have ever wondered why Christians get married, you have found the right podcast. I will say we do get into some kind of grown-up conversations during this episode. Don't listen to it with your kids. Don't, Don't do it. Yeah, and not that it's cr- not that it's not like crass, a bat. But yeah, but just be wise about warnings. it. Warnings. <laughs> I'm Mark Dickey, and I'm Bert Miller. This is the Why Do Christians podcast. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on a Christian radio station called The Bridge. My co-host is Bert Miller. He's lead pastor at Solid Ground Church in Lewis, Delaware. Bert, how are you today? Oh, man. Mark, heavy metal thunder, Dickey. <laughs> so good to be in the room with you, my friend. So good. Do you, do you want to tell them what we like? what's happened? Like they're They're getting this every week, but... You and I, we've not seen each other in actual <laughs> couple weeks. That's true. Because because you were, you were, oh, yeah, yeah t- t- like this will be like very old news by the time this plays. But <laughs> in my mind, it's always fresh. That's true. Yeah, I went on a motorcycle trip across the country. Yeah, uh, by myself. My my dad was with me the first two hundred miles, but then the other twenty five hundred miles, so it was, it was just me in the road, and uh, it was really cool. That's so cool. So yeah, we took a a break from recording. Although you're you're not noticing that, no. But through um, the through the the magic of of technology and the <laughs> the illusion was maintained. Yeah, are we? Am I ruining it by saying by by telling no, them that? Okay, no, no. Okay, but you know what I learned on that trip? No, it is not good for a man to be alone. Oh, segue. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Man, no, but I was out of the house. Hold on, those weeks that you've been gone, you've lost none of your polish, sir. Oh, thank Go you. on. Thank you. I uh-huh. saw many rocks and uh, uh-huh. many polished and unpolished. Oh, okay. And uh, I've come back more polished. Okay. I can tell. Oh, silly. I've also spent a lot of time by myself. <laughs> I talked to Brittany at night and uh, she'd be like, it's very obvious to me that you've been by yourself all day. <laughs> But no, it was, I was on the road for seven days and I think four days on the road is the, it's the optimal amount is the optimal okay. amount. Yeah. It got a little, got, I got a little crazy. A little. But did you start talking to your motorcycle? No, but, uh, you know, singing songs to, the to, motorcycle? My, to myself, oh, okay. you know, and you know, oh, that's cool. You just say that out loud <laughs> because there's no one else to say it to. Right. Oh, right. that's weird. Uh. Huh? Why is this construction zone 55 and that construction zone was 45? I wish I had someone to complain to about this, <laughs> but it's just me. Okay. Yeah. But no, I was very ready to get home to my family. Um, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Specifically marriage. Why do Christians get married? And, uh, you know, I think this is, 
you can go a lot of different directions with this topic. Yeah. And I, I want to say that our, our culture as a whole is kind of, kind of lost marriage has lost its luster. It's mm. kind of like, Oh, what's the point? Isn't it just a piece of paper? Isn't marriage just kind of, you know, is it, is it just some kind of formal thing that we yeah. do? Yeah. Like what's the deal? Why are Christians so big on marriage? Well, it's interesting, right? I heard, um, the, the, you know, God rest his soul, uh, Timothy Keller, he did a talk at Google, <laughs> on marriage and and specifically the, the Christian view of marriage and, and he, he brought up that idea of you know um, how many of us are given the line or say the line you know like it's just a piece of paper it doesn't really matter and what he said to that I thought was so profound was he said in that view uh, the essence of marriage is essentially just feeling so like what a marriage is is it's a culminate and in, in when you say like it's just a piece of paper what you're basically saying is our, our love is enough and that's the most important thing so let's not bring contracts and and legal stuff into it but that that is very contrasted to the Christian viewpoint, which is essentially uh, marriage is a long term legal covenant um, that is binding. It's it's supposed to be lifelong, um, and the reason for that is among m- many reasons is because passion comes and goes, the freshness mm. comes and goes, uh, feelings change with time. But in marriage, one of the things that it does is it's it can be a means of God's refining our character. We are made more like Christ um, when you know, when our marriage uh, honors the Lord. And so what happens is as we're, you know, forced to remain in things, as we choose to honor our word, uh, as we fight, as highs and lows come, we become more like Jesus because maturity takes place not when we're always feeling good, but many times when, when we're at our lows. Um, and mm-hmm. so there, there's a power in it in that way. Hmm. And that's like any, uh, really anything in life. I, my, my four-year-old just last week wanted to quit gymnastics because she was afraid of getting up on the bar. Mm. But I know as a, a, an adult that childhood, that youth, that growing is facing something difficult and right. sticking through it. Right. And she will be. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, well, you know, it's interesting too. Like I, I thought this was really kind of crazy. Um, so another thing that, that Keller referenced that, that was neat was he talked about how um, there was some poll that he had heard where people who were in uh, like in marriages, uh, two thirds of those who said that they were unhappy in their marriage, five years later said they were happy. Hmm. Um, and so sometimes what happens is we think, okay, like, you know, I, I, we're in the worst season now. And, and if all that it is is how I feel about this person, okay, well, I'm not feeling good. So therefore, you know what, this isn't a match. Like I haven't met my soulmate or, or what have you. And so it's right for, for me to go find someone else. But the reality is um, the someone else is also going to have their flaws, right? And so it's got mm-hmm. like, like long-term relationships have got to be built more or more than on just how we feel. Listen, I celebrate feelings. I love my wife. I love, I love loving her. Um, but the, the, the reality is that there's got to be more to it than that, because if it's just feeling the other part is this, it's not protective and it essentially turns the relationship into a space where you've got to be on all the time. Hmm. Right. So like if it's, you know, Hey, we're going to, um, we're going to just sort of see if this works. Right. Think about, I don't know about you, but, um, I, I can remember, uh, when Kate and I first started dating, trying to put my best foot forward. Yeah, trying to impress this girl or whatever. I remember one night uh, we were over at her parents' place and she was like, hey, you want some ice cream? I was like, yeah, I want ice cream, right? 
And so she gets out one of those like Neapolitan things, which is like the vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. Yeah. And she's like, which one do you want? And and I'm like, which one do you want? You know? <laughs> um, and she's like, she's like, oh, I love strawberry ice cream. Like, That's my favorite too. It, well, I haven't eaten strawberry ice cream since then, I think. <laughs> um, I, I would go vanilla or, yeah, of the three, I'd go vanilla or chocolate, but before I would go strawberry. But like, but it was one of the things I had like, put your best foot forward. And when you treat your relationship as an audition, and you treat it as, okay, let me make sure that we've got common ground. Let me make sure that this person wants to be with me. And that's the basis for the stability of it. It's going to become exhausting. It's not a safe space for intimacy whatsoever. Because essentially, you can't ever let that person know who you actually are. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing holding them there with you. Mm-hmm. And so, man, if you let them down, you're essentially um, walking on eggshells. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, like we as Christians, we believe that the Bible clearly teaches in, in Genesis one that, uh, and and Genesis two as well, uh, that God created marriage; that it was His idea as a place for true intimacy mm-hmm. to thrive between a, a man and a woman, and that this this you know this binding covenant that is legal that doesn't re- it doesn't rob it of intimacy; it actually gives it a safe space for intimacy to flourish. Mm. I'm I'm just picturing safety nets. It's a place for you to make mistakes and you know it's okay. I'm I'm human. I can I can be human and make those mistakes yeah. and my relationship is not over. Yeah. I, I honestly never thought about right? it like that. And and here here are these these two people who are both flawed. And 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 it's good to remember that. that like neither me nor my wife has arrived. And what happens is as we experience listen, as we as we champion each other in our in our strengths and we do and we, uh, and as we see each other in our weaknesses, and we do, it's a place where we can, in love, call each other on stuff, but also um, know that we have, we have a partner in life. Hey, whatever the season comes, whatever like, the world throws at us, we are going to make it our mission to love God and love each other well and become more like Christ together. Mm. You know, this, this is why, man, I think sometimes um, there's this passage in Ephesians that gets a lot of shade um, where it talks about like, you know, husbands loving your wives as Christ loved the church and wives submitting to your husbands um, yeah. as, the, as the church does to Christ. Um, but there's this interesting thing that, that Paul says here um, in Ephesians uh, 5.32 where he said, like when he's talking about just the nature of like what marriage does, he says, this is a profound mystery, uh, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Um and then he says, however, each of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must, the wife must respect her husband. And there's that whole thing about, there's a great book years ago uh, by Emerson Egerich's called Love and Respect. And he talked about how usually the biggest need that a man has is to feel respected, and the biggest need that a woman has is to feel loved. And, and so like, like those two words right there aren't without significance. But Paul's point here in, in Ephesians is, man, there is something about the the union of these two beings who are different but are committed to each other that ultimately reflects the way that God himself relates to his bride the church right and so um when we talk about this idea of like self-sacrifice and surrender and covenant which is which is a, a biblical word that can it is legal but it's also relational you know like we say this and we are people of the new covenant Right, that like, like the blood of Christ is the new covenant, right? That God has committed to save us from our sins, that that will not be broken, right? Um, well, marriage is also a covenant, 
It's a, I'm in this with this person in the eyes of God and before those who know me. And ultimately, the two people, as they are different, they are better together. And this reflects how Christ is different than the church, and yet he unites himself to it. Mm-hmm. And so and so, there are all kinds of spiritual significances, biblically speaking, to marriage, but but even just the, the nature of us being different is, is a huge one. Mm. I heard a friend say that marriage is God's thing. <laughs> Give me more. What do you mean by that? Well, we, we talk about marriage as, you know, it's something you do through the government. Uh-huh. And maybe a new Christian or someone who's not familiar with church culture is like, yeah, what's the deal? Like, why... Why does the Bible, why does God care Mm -hmm. that the United States of America or the state of Delaware, wherever you get married, (laughs) why does God care that I have this certificate? Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, the the answer is because he loves the two people who are in the marriage, right? He he wants the best for them. So, uh, let's say it like this. Um, In addition to the, the certificate, and the legality of it creating a safer space for intimacy because your your life and also because sex and sexuality are involved in marriage, your body is no longer an audition. Mm. And, and your body should never be an audition. It should never be, if I perform, then this person will take me. Um, yeah. Which is why in, in, in the Christian view of sex and sexuality, like it comes as the fruit of marriage, not the prerequisite for it. Um, because the the audition is removed. This person is here for me. I am here for them. I don't belong to me. They don't belong to them. Um, we are one together in the Lord. There's no prerequisite for it. Okay, if you perform well and if you do this, then I'll take you. Mm. Um, you know, I, getting back to that, that Google talk, I just loved it that, that uh, Keller was talking about. He's talking about you know a woman that had uh, come down in his church and said, you know, like listen, he says that. Um, he says that, like talking about her, her boyfriend. He says that he he wants to live with me, but he doesn't want to marry me. He says he loves me, but he doesn't want to marry me. And you know, the like, guy's probably operating off of the the view. That's just a piece of paper. Isn't our love enough? And Keller, I think, rightfully responded. He said, "Well, what he's probably saying is that he doesn't love you enough to marry you." You say because he's saying, "Listen, I don't love you enough to lose my independence, and hmm. I don't love you enough to bind myself to you." And you know, I, I've heard this from guys like, "What's it really matter? Like, like, let's, why get the state involved?" And my question is always, "Okay, listen, because well, they'll go, you know, and, and not, not always just guys. Like, what, some women do this too, and they'll go, you know, I, I love this person, but I don't want to run the risk of them leaving and taking half of my stuff." And, and my whole question is, "Well, listen, if you love them enough to give them your body." Hmm why is your stuff even on the table? Like, why is it that, that they have the right or you feel the need to give them you, hmm. but your stuff is the issue? Wow. And, and would and, you say that's valuing your stuff above like, like realizing that your, your body is worth more than yeah. any of that stuff? I mean, I, I, I think it is. Yeah. I think yeah. the person doesn't see that or the, the, or the significant other doesn't see that. I mean, I'm not trying to vill- villainize anybody because it, sure. it, it's worldview. Like we're we're taught to treat um Well when when you live in a culture where you can just be with fifty different people yeah. in a year, 
we're we're sort of taught like oh you get to pick and choose correct you get to you know have fun for a couple of years right. and then settle down with somebody but right. the, the truth is well, yeah i mean like, think, <laughs> think of the audition language that that we have intrinsic in relationships so how you know i've it's, it's weird to say but like how many times have i heard somebody use the line listen you 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 wouldn't buy the cow before trying the milk or something right. along those lines or you, you, know, you wouldn't buy the car before giving it a test drive or whatever and that itself, first of all, is reducing the worth of another human being's body, mm-hmm. and it's reducing it's reducing their worth to basically show me that you're worth me, show me that you're worth my time, and all of that at its root is an audition, and it's unbiblical. And so God from the jealous when he when he creates not just not just marriage when he creates woman, like when he like, like the very first thing that he does like when there become two genders on the planet is he sets up marriage. And so, it, yeah, marriage is God's idea, and it's a place of protection because um, if you're going to, you know, give of yourself to another person, you want to build a life to them. If you decide to rip that apart, there should be consequences for that. Hmm. It shouldn't be that free because you're already going to do a whole lot of damage. And so, there should be safeguards to to slow down that exit. To say nothing of the the way that if you stick with it, it it's it's a bettering thing. Um, you know, think of it this way, like, like at its root, okay, sex and sexuality creates life, mm. oh, children. Okay. Across the board, what studies don't show that, that children, you know, with, with both parents in the, in the picture, um, are, are enjoying the fruit of that. Now, are there exceptions to that? Sure. I'm, I'm like, you know, abusive environments, uh, lack of stability. What, okay. Yeah. Sure. Don't don't use the exception to negate the rule. But the the truth is like God who is the author of life doesn't like wouldn't he know this is the best environment for a child. And so yeah, it shouldn't be as simple as just one or both parents just running off. Like there should be responsibility and accountability to that. Mm. So uh I I we breezed past this earlier, but uh I asked you, you know, why does why does God care about what the state I live in, why does God care about this certificate? Right. Is there, and this might be a bag of worms, but is this, Go. is there like, can I get married in a church without getting married? Without making it legal? Yeah. Like what, what does God care about? That? Well, I, I think to do that is to rob the, the covenant of its meaning. Mm-hmm. Right. So like covenants are by nature spiritual. Yeah. They're relational. Yeah. But they're also legal. Because they're accountable, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, when it comes to this, okay, like, like in the can, can I be married in the eyes of God and not married in the eyes of the state? Um, I'm uncomfortable with somebody making that distinction because it's like my question would be like, okay, why is it you don't want to be married in the eyes of the state? Usually, well, I don't, I'm not comfortable with the tax thing. I'm not comfortable with the government being involved in my this, my that, and 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 I'm just my, my question is just like, okay, but if that's where you are, like what? Are there other areas where you are comfortable with the government being involved? Like, if you, mm. if you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if we're gonna just make, if we're gonna make that the mentality, in my experience, when somebody makes a distinction, usually there has something to do with them trying to keep their stuff in some way, or you know, I'm thinking of one situation where the the person wanted to uh, get married and, um, but they wanted me to do a wedding, but they didn't want to make it legal because they weren't technically divorced from someone else. Hmm. Um, and so that, you know, my, I, whenever somebody said that, I'm always kind of like red flag, 
because like to say nothing of it robbing it from its biblical significance because covenants are legal by nature (laughs) hey mark do you like commercials i do don't we all wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast mark nothing would make me happier well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. So something that's really important to me on this podcast uh, is that we stay rooted in scripture. Yeah. Uh, like what else does God's word say about marriage? Well, yeah, we've, we've done a lot of defense and a lot of negative. Maybe we should talk about the benefits of it. Right. <laughs> right. Like, don't, don't do this. What should I do? I'm not going to tell you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I mean, yeah, I guess the question is like, why did God even create it? Right. Like I love um the, the passage that, so many other passages in the Old and New Testament refer to in terms of God's idea behind marriage is found in Genesis 2. Um, let me just read to you. This is Genesis 2. I'm going to do verse 18, and then I'll jump forward to verses uh, 21 through 25, where it says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make uh, a helper suitable for him. And the word that we translate as uh, helper in the Hebrew, it's talking about like uh, someone who comes alongside of someone else, which is kind of neat. It's this like, like a couple of places actually used to to talk about uh, God Himself as our uh, defender and partner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not saying <laughs> that that woman is on par with God or that man is below. That's not the idea, but the idea of like this life partner ally that you have in life. All right. So verse twenty one it says, uh, "So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh." Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And so what's the man's response? And now seeing her, he erupts into song. And so it says, the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And then the author of Genesis gives the explanation for all of that. He says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. It says that Adam and his wife uh, were both naked and they felt no shame. And that line right there, okay, so that's where marriage came from. Like God mm-hmm. created it, that they felt no shame. Something to realize is that within the marriage covenant and union, you have a place with the potential of deep friendship and intimacy. Um, and we've talked about like how that can be safeguarded, but it's a really, really important thing. That, like, as, as you and your spouse pursue the Lord and become more like him, you, you have the potential of, you know, getting the best friend that you could have in life and, and having a person like that you connect with on such a deep level. Um, and, and that's not bad. That was God's idea. You know, sometimes um, I'll, I'll meet uh, single folks and they'll lament the lack of spouse that they have. Um, and I never chastise them for that. Um, it's not that like, you know, is, is your primary function of being a human being to get married? No. But according to this passage, even God looked at it and said, it's not good for them to be alone. So like the heartache that somebody maybe feels when they, they're single, um, that's, that's, they're not wrong to feel that. Um, because within marriage, you have the propensity for deep friendship and uh, connection, although it's good to note 
um, that marriage cannot fix all your ills. And so if you think, (laughs) if I just meet the right person, I'll never feel lonely again. Well, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, I've known plenty of lonely married people. Uh, But that is at design level of the marriage relationship, deep friendship and connection. It's also a place of sacrifice. Like we talked about earlier. Um, It's like that line of like naked and no shame, like literally that they're before each other and they, they feel no self-consciousness whatsoever. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Um, There there is obviously um, the language of sex and procreation, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, what God will say to them, and I think it's Genesis one where he says like, be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it as Genesis one. Um, so yeah, like there, it's a space for uh, life to begin human life, which is more sacred than any other life on the planet. Um, another thing too, that's really, really neat is that marriage unites us. Um, so we saw that language right there where he said, um, that's why the man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. Um, something to, to realize is that Sex is not just a physical act. Biblically speaking, there's all kinds of spiritual components to it that essentially glues us to another person. Yeah, um, it's why Paul can say in First Corinthians uh, six or, or chapter six, um, just like because he's dealing with a culture of people who have come ba- uh, from a, a, ba- a background that's basically like, listen, sex is just another bodily need, like eating f- food or drinking a drink. It's just you know you you, you hook up with a person, and Paul. Uh, he says this in First Corinthians six fifteen. He says, "Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ Himself?" And then he brings up the most non-committal uh, sex that there is, and that's sex with a prostitute. And even then, he says, "Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute?" He says, "Never." And then he quotes Genesis two. He says, "Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh." And so listen, um, do I do I think God is against sex and sexuality? No, he's not at all. But he knows the best place for it, and he mm-hmm. knows the the space uh, for it to have the right boundaries so that it ultimately doesn't hurt the people involved in it. And so that's, that's another space for, for marriage is that it unites two people together in the right way. Yeah. And if you've been involved too intimately with someone else, who is not your spouse, I could probably pretty confidently say that you still carry a piece of that person with you. Yeah. Even if you haven't seen them in decades. For sure. Well, I mean, not to get, not to get spooky and obviously. No, um, no. And I wasn't. No, no, no. no, no, like, no like, with, with what I was about to say, not, I'm not, oh, I'm not okay. um, because there can be this verbiage of like, you did this. Well, then you're, you're scarred for the rest of your life. Well, no, God can heal anything and he's gracious. And let's believe that, you know, I, I'm of the belief that no one gets saved by accident, that the Lord found you at exactly the right time, which means he can leverage anything that you're carrying in exactly the right way. He loves you despite whatever your past is. Um, and so and so we're not saying that to condemn anybody, but but the reality is, you know, actions have consequences. If I, if I break a leg and, and don't treat it and then just keep walking on it, um, can the Lord heal that leg? Yeah, and and. For some people, he, he might, and for others, they may walk with a limp. Mm. Um, his care will be perfect. His love will be perfect. Um, but, you know, there was, a, there was a book that came out in the, I want to say early 1990s, that was called uh, Sex in America, The Definitive Survey. And what they did was they basically just polled people like, hey, tell us about, like, your highest levels of, of 
sex, and satisfaction. And what they found was uh, a crazy correlation between the number of partners that a person had and a decrease in their level of sexual satisfaction. So the more people that a person slept with, male or female, the less they ultimately enjoyed sex. Makes sense. Yeah, because we're, we're not made for that. Mm-hmm. Something you know that I remember too in the book that they they ended up concluding that um, I'm going to paraphrase it now because I don't have it in front of me. But essentially, what they said was our results could be read to mean that a traditional view of sex and sexuality, your grandmother's view, perhaps, is the only road to true sexual satisfaction uh, and enjoyment. Um, hmm. They completely obliterated this view of like sort of the Don Juan and. Uh, conquests and what have you, and just said that's just not rooted in reality. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, sex is a part of marriage, mm-hmm. but I'm married and you're married, and that accounts for probably not the tiniest sure. percentage sure. Yeah. of marriage. Yeah. Even though that's like the biggest deal when right. you're not married and you're a christian it's like oh i gotta get i gotta, right, I gotta, right, gotta, right. Be, I gotta get married yeah. so i could do this thing yeah not a reason to get married but you gotta go ahead <laughs> well well yeah i say that but then you got stuff in first corinthians i think seven where paul's like listen if you're gonna be inflamed with passion it's better to go ahead and get married so mm, sure I, yeah right like there is that and yeah. i feel like you could hear that anywhere yeah you could like <laughs> right <laughs> if you google why do christians get married why should christians get married right. i bet that's one of the first verses that's going to come yeah. up but like what why else do christians get married well, again, we, we touched on it earlier, but I think it's really big is that marriage can make us more like Christ. Mm. So at its root is sacrifice, right? Yeah. Like, like you know, this language of my body doesn't belong to me, it belongs to my wife. And my wife's body doesn't belong to her, it belongs to, to me. And uh, I'm supposed to love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Mm. All right, or wives are to submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. Submission means you don't get what you want. You're choosing to put the other person before you. And there, there is something intrinsically Christ-like and spiritual in saying, okay, I could have this, but you come before me. I want that, but you know what? Your needs are more important than mine. It disciplines us in a way to be more like Jesus than just, hey, I'm going to do whatever I want now. Uh, can. And so it is, you know, there's a reason that some groups call it a sacrament, which is uh, a sacrament in in definition um, is what's called an outward manifestation of an inward grace, meaning it's something outside, like a physical representation of what God is doing internally in you. Um, Now, my faith tradition, we don't call marriage a sacrament, but I understand what, like the thought that's behind that, because Mm -hmm. it is a very spiritual practice. Um, does that mean that, okay, marriages, unless they're performed in a church or unless they're, you know, people who are Christians get married, that the, the marriage isn't valid in the eyes of God? No, I think um, the language of Genesis 1 or Genesis 2 is too universal for that. that that's an, like that God unites a husband and wife, period. And there is no distinction of uh, Jewish yet or certainly Christian uh, that early in, in the same way like um, you find in the New Testament. Uh, Peter and I think also Paul referencing like, hey, uh, you know, if you've got a woman who's married to a non-believer, um, you know, what to do in that situation? Well, okay, then that would infer that they weren't married in a church, right? So, so are we saying that unless the marriage is Christian, 
that means it's not valid. No, we're not saying that, but we would say the best marriage is a Christian one, mm. the best kind of marriage, because it gets what, I mean, if it, if it is conscious of it, it gets what God created marriage to be. If it's practiced in a way that the Bible uh, exhorts us to practice it. Now, again, there's always exceptions. There's always, you know, I had a terrible husband or a terrible wife who did this or is doing that, and I would not, you know, for a second say, oh, it's good that they're they're doing that. Pro- probably, I mean, you know, that's a broad brush. Right, right. You um, can't you can't account for every single situation yeah. in ten sentences. Yeah, but you know, like <laughs> it, it, it's like saying, you know, so here's a great bridge that that um, the state built and it's efficient and it's awesome, but. You know, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, there's a, a rickety wooden bridge that's falling apart. Therefore, no one should use bridges. Well, no, that's not that's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the verbiage might be there. Maybe you know, if, if this is triggering for you, and it's, and and I'm you know I'm, I'm poking at your scars. Please forgive me. That, that's not my intention. Um, but the the exceptions do not destroy the rule. And yeah. what God has designed marriage for, biblically speaking, is something incredible and life-giving. Mm. You reminded me when you were talking about uh, just using marriage, helping you and your spouse to become more like Christ. Yeah, I think uh, a friend of mine had me watch this series on marriage by Andy Stanley. Okay, and it was old. <laughs> he he had the goofiest looking clothing and I can't believe that was like normal. <laughs> but the but something rang true for me uh and I've I don't know maybe once or twice a year I remember this phrase uh that you're supposed to outserve your spouse. Ooh. Yeah. And it, it's kind of never failed me that in in building a, a a marriage a relationship where you are just trying to be more and more like Christ. Like if I'm constantly trying to do the best I can and make every sacrifice I can for you and you're doing the exact same yes. thing for me, like it just works. Oh dude. Well think, <laughs> think of the love and intimacy, like how that draws your heart towards the person. Like if you, you know, if, if your wife, um, or, you know, if she looks at you and says, Hey, I, I know you want to do this. I don't want to do that, but it's important to me that, um, I give up me for you. Let's go ahead and do it your way. Hmm. That just does something in you. Now, normally yeah. like you hear that, you're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to do it your way then. Right. Um, cause it just, it just <laughs> melts your heart. But I mean, just how your heart is just drawn towards her in moments like that. Right. Yeah. And, and it's vice versa. Well, it's like I just I just got back from this motorcycle trip. Yeah. Um, when I brought the concept up to her, it it almost wasn't even like a discussion. Wow. It was just like, hey, like I have the opportunity to get this motors, you know, my dad's old motorcycle. It's out mm-hmm. in Idaho. Um, like, what do you think of me like going out <laughs> on a ten day trip to go get this bike and drive it back? And you watch She's the kids like, by yourself for ten days. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, We'll make it work. See? Yeah. You know, and if if that situation comes up, it's a little different because she stays home with the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, yeah, anything, anything you want, like we'll yeah. make it work. We'll just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there it is though. Look at like you guys, this is a this podcast, so you can't see it, but even, even as I'm, or as he's saying that he's beaming, like I'm, I'm looking at your face right now. And you're just like, you're just like, ah, um, and it's that exact thing that the denial of 
me for you draws you to me and and the dial like, like, like the the opposite is true as well now i'm blushing and avoiding eye contact with you <laughs> bro you didn't, i didn't do that i'm just i'm just commenting what your uh, what your wife did we'll see that's yeah. shame i've invited you into this sacred thing that's only sp- no, i'm just kidding this is getting weird all right no. <laughs> yeah. are there any things that uh that we didn't talk about that we really should I think I think we've gone through a lot of different places. This almost feels like a two-part episode, but it also feels like like are we. Well, can I, can I give you one thing that I think might be helpful? Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe this is just last thing for today. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes what happens is maybe a reason so many of us um, that there that could be relational and marital tension is because we've grown up in a culture that idealizes romance to a place where it is not grounded in reality. Mm. where we, we have this belief of, you know, I'm, I've got all these problems. Once I meet Prince or Princess Charming, then I'll have arrived. Then the fairy tale will be it, like, be done. We'll go off into the sunset together and, and we'll never have a problem again. And I think one of the biggest ways we could get it wrong about romance, marriage, what have you, is to not approach them with having in our forefront an expectation and uh, view of human sin. In other words, to not believe that uh, my spouse is a sinful human being who is selfish at points, who will offend me, mm. who will do wrong, and and I will as well. And so the reason this is important is because at the forefront, the, the scriptures teach us that this isn't a thing of you know, we've got scales before God, and we just weigh down our good scale. Uh, God will listen to heaven. Um, instead, it's we are sinners, and we need Christ to save us. We are in like like just in what we are through the fall. We turn inward constantly and make selfish choices, make destructive choices. We do this by nature, and we need God to save us from it. We have to have that that view in as well when we get married, because otherwise, like we'll walk in and we'll be shocked by how like worldly our spouse can be yeah and so if we instead approach it with this idea of hey you know what i'm going to expect clashes and i'm going to expect there are going to be moments of tension uh like uh, i heard um i think, I think it, was, it was matt chandler who was talking about um the first seven years of his marriage was like it was rough and and he told the story where he said you know um a counselor said to him and his wife like you're going to fight with someone for the rest of your life is this the person that you want to fight with? How freeing for him that mm. was. Um, and that's just true. Like um, this view of like, hey, if you just have the perfect soulmate, clashes won't happen. It is not grounded in reality. It reminds me of uh, Adam Sandler did like an SNL skit okay. for like a vacation place. And okay. he's like, if you go on this vacation and you have problems, you will just be on vacation and have problems. Yeah, that's, but that's right, though, right? Like, and that's not, if you and are that, sad before you go on this vacation, be, you will be sad yeah, on this yeah. vacation. <laughs> and 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 in this though, in this self sacrifice, like what happens is we make it our goal to become more like Christ together, so that we would be more like Jesus in a way that our marriage is used to help form us in that way that it wouldn't happen if we weren't married. Mm. Hmm. 
Well, I feel like there's probably somebody is listening to this episode and they're like, when are you going to talk about? They're, oh. they're going to say, when are you going to talk about, you know, why do Christians do this, getting married, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I guarantee you, we have a thought about it. I guarantee you we have scripture about it. Mm-hmm. If we didn't get to a part of why do Christians get married? And what do they do? And <laughs> well, send your emails to podcast at we are the bridge.org. Uh, Whether it's uh, something that is just a, a very specific question, we would love to help you. Bert is literally a pastor. Like his, his calling in life is to help people know more about Jesus. Yeah. And sometimes I'm right about stuff. <laughs> He's incredibly well studied. And uh, I just, I love all the scripture, the historical stuff that he brings to the podcast. And so whether you have a question that is very, very specific, uh, we, we love to, to help you understand uh, what God's word says about it. And if it's something that needs to be a whole episode, then maybe we'll make a whole episode of it, or maybe it's just a unique question. Dude, I'm in. Yeah. But yeah, we, we would love for, uh, to the, the whole reason we're here is to answer the question, why do Christians? And so if you have questions about uh, getting married or a different question that you want to see an episode on, uh, send your questions to podcast at wearethebridge.org. Thanks for listening.